nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. This is Leanne Meyer, and uh, I am very, very happy to, again, have an interesting show to share with you. Um, The title or the uh, topic of our show is The Communicative Nurse, and um, in case you haven't figured it out yet, communication is one of my most favorite things to discuss. I'm an extrovert who spent my life just blurting things out and then later wondering if maybe I shouldn't have said that. My brothers continuously told me to, quote, engage, engage brain before disengaging mouth, which they thought made perfect sense and went right over my head. I didn't have any idea what they were talking about. So once I started learning about and then teaching conflict resolution to nurses, I realized that Alexander Hyam, author of the book uh, Taming the Conflict Dragon, once said, even a small improvement in the quality of your conflict resolutions can accumulate to make a big difference in our lives. And I am proof that that is true. Not easy, but true. Uh, If you're willing to do... Uh, to learn and to do your own work, um, you can make phenomenal changes with very simple uh, things. Obviously, we're not specifically talking about conflict, but poor communication almost inevitably leads to conflict. So my two guests today um, are here to talk about nursing communication more generally, but it all comes down to learning to make communication work for you uh, rather than against you and in our situation as a nurse for the patient. So um, please welcome with me Kathleen Bartholomew, who has been a national speaker for the nursing profession for the past several years, particularly regarding healthy work relationships. Kathleen, can you share a bit about how you came to nursing and how you found yourself a speaker on this topic? Sure, Laura, I'd love to, and thank you for having me. It was 1991, and I found myself in a situation where within a few weeks I had lost my job, I, my relationship fell apart, and uh, suddenly a tree fell on my house and the bank foreclosed on it. So in less than two weeks, I had lost everything as far as I was concerned. Uh, I went into the office where I used to work, and a, a kind a stranger, well, he, he came in once a, once a week to the answering service where we were, and he uh, said, what's wrong? And I told him that my worst fear had just come true, that I was going to be the single mother of five children under the age of 11. And he reached into his back pocket and wrote a check to a guy named Miles and said, you're going to need a good attorney. I tried to give it back to him, but he refused. And uh, eventually I made my way down to that lawyer's office and was very surprised when I came into the office because the lawyer then took a big Bible, put it on the corner of the desk and said, I'll tell you what, if you put your hand on this Bible and swear to me that you'll become a nurse, I'll do your whole divorce for that check that Bob gave you. So that, that was a bizarre situation that brought me into the nursing profession. That's pretty bizarre. I think you take the cake on, on the stories I've heard. So how did you get to speaking? 
Uh, very interesting. I was a nurse, staff nurse for five years and then went right into being a manager. And my very first year as a manager and a, and a, a series of events happened on my floor that, that helped me to realize that our patients would never be safe unless the nurses were safe. And so I started uh, really laying the law down on the floor and just saying we have to be kind and supportive and have each other's back. And, and uh, people came to the hospital, and one day somebody was rounding, and they said, you should speak on this topic. And as soon as I, I was then working on physician-nurse relationships, we had fantastic physician-nurse relationships. And I was giving a speech at a conference, and somebody walked up and said, hey, we're, we've been looking for somebody to write a book on this topic. So that was my very first uh, book called Speak Your Truth, Proven Strategies to Improve Physician-Nurse Communication. Uh, it was my master's thesis. And then uh, after that, I got a phone call asking me, will you write another book on, on nurse-to-nurse relationships? We want to know why nurses eat their young and each other. And so I quit my job and wrote Ending Nurse-to-Nurse Hostility, uh, which is I'm really proud of because it just, it just really... Talks, helps us to understand why in a profession that's based on caring, uh, nurses can have experiences that are uncaring with their peers. And I've been speaking for 20 years, basically, on communication, leadership, <laughs> safety, you know, all these subjects. And we're very lucky that you are. Somebody needs to do this, and I'm glad you are. So um, I'd like to also welcome my next guest is uh, Laura Hanaski, who founded, co-founded the Premier Medical Staffing Services about 17 years ago. And um, by a nurse by trade, she has a passion for healthcare and improving quality of life for patients. So Laura, can you give us a quick... Um, bullet point of how you came to be a nurse and then how you came to be in this situation. Hi, Leanne, and thank you for inviting me to share today. Um, how I became a nurse, I, you know, it's, I think it's something that you're somewhat wired with. Uh, when I was a little girl, I was fascinated with nursing. When I was in junior high, I was a candy striper through high school, and when I graduated, that was my goal. I, I wanted to be a nurse, so... It's, um, I wanted to always be able to have an impact um, and, and help people. And so that was, there was just a, an inner drive, I guess. Um, how uh, Mark and I um, kind of, well, I practiced for about 12, 12 or 13 years, um, both in a large hospital system in Milwaukee and then um, went to a sports medicine um, center and uh, worked there as an orthopedic nurse. And uh, then, then uh, Mark and I really just wanted to kind of do our own thing. We had been in the in the field. My husband is a therapist, and we had been in the field for years and um, worked with people who were really good clinicians and people who were really not so good. And mm-hmm. we kind of wondered why they were there. And our goal was to really create a, an organization or a staffing firm that. Um, really brought out the best of the best and and placed them in facilities. And so it was really about um, going through a lot of um, stringent um, backgrounds and checks and rechecks and testing and, and just everything that we could possibly do to make sure we were bringing on the best people possible to place in facilities. And uh, we were very blessed. Our, our organization has been growing and growing, and um, we're a national 
company, and uh, we've been in business going on our 18th year. So, um, great. Just very proud of that, um, and just very just organic started in our house and and flourished, and um, mm. we've been blessed. So, and then it's about amazing. a year and a half. I'm sorry. I, I just said it's amazing. <laughs> and then about a year and a half ago. Um, the development of Heroes for Healthcare came out of out of sort of what we found with Premier Medical was that the um, the military have these great skill sets and training experiences, um, but they were not able to get credentialed at all in the military. So when our soldiers are coming off active duty and transitioning, they have no capability of getting a job on the uh, the civilian side. And so there's this big gap and nothing lines up. So if they come out and they were working in the service as a nurse, they can't even come out and become a CNA or an MA. And so um, now uh, my mission has somewhat changed um, where I am really focused on getting our military job opportunity based on their skill sets and their joint uh, transcripts so that they can um become a valuable um, part of the community. Um, they need to feel that value and worth that they felt in the military when they come back to the civilian side. And we need their skill sets because we have a shortage. So it's Great. a win-win. Um, I want to just briefly say the way that I became connected to Kathleen was actually through Laura uh, and your, um, uh, I don't know, secretary, uh, Megan. Uh, she was wonderful to work with and uh, she said that uh, Kathleen was your keynote speaker for a conference you were doing. Uh, is that correct? correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the name of the conference? It's uh, it's the conference that we're doing in Omaha, Nebraska. In it's the Healthcare Travelers. Um, of course, I caught you on the, travelers, on the spur of the moment. Uh, goes right out of your brain. Of Omaha or take mm-hmm. take Omaha. Yeah. So it's um, it's all yeah travel travel nursing. And okay. um, we are utilizing. I want to bring uh, this back again books. to communication, and um, you know, particularly the nurse-to-nurse kinds of things. So um, let's let's see. We've got just a few minutes before we go to take our break. Um, just I would like each of you to think in terms of um, when you first were working on the unit or somewhere along that line, uh, what were the communication barriers that you faced uh, during your time working on, on a unit or on a floor? So, um, Kathleen? Well, the first barrier as soon as I became a nurse, and I didn't become a nurse until I was 39 years old, was uh, my inability to commute, communicate with the physicians who in a small community hospital there were um, several of the physicians who were very intimidating. So power, uh, mm-hmm. power was one of my biggest blockages. And then the second thing was, of course, there were, there were cliques and I wanted to belong. I wanted to be a good nurse. It was very important to me. And I didn't really know how to handle the nonverbal cues. When I said something and somebody shrugged or sighed or rolled their eyes, I, I didn't know how to respond. So um, mm-hmm. I, I did get the message that, when I wasn't welcome or when somebody didn't like me. And so those are the things that I had the hardest time with. Sure. Uh, Laura, how about you? Similar or something completely different? Um, Well, my path was somewhat different. Um, 
when I was in nursing school, I worked at uh, the facility as a nursing assistant and then as a nurse, nurse, nurse extern and then as a nurse. So when I um, came to the floors, I was an internal pool person and mm-hmm. I, I, I was known on all the units. So when I went in, I didn't have that um, feeling of hostility. I was very welcomed. I was um, treated um, like I belonged because I had been there for so many years prior. And so I didn't, um, I guess I'm very fortunate that I didn't have a lot of that. I see it. I know it's out there. I know that a lot of my field staff deal with these issues. Um, But I myself um, feel as though I was, I was very fortunate that I didn't have, have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, um, I, I think you are probably so expert in this area. You may have an idea of where you want to go with this. What would you like us to, to next talk about um, as far as communication and between nurses? Well, I, I think that the American Association, the AACN, says that we have to be a skilled in our conversations and communication as we are in our clinical skills. And I don't think that's true. I don't think we are as skilled in, in communication. And uh, I think if you want to measure, a, you, if you have a skill, you, want, you need to measure competency in it. So how, are, how do you know your staff or, or the people around you are competent communicators? And I think the answer to that is this, you know, also, have you provided the environment as a leader where everybody's free mm-hmm. to speak up and where there's a lot of trust? And absolutely. what does that environment look like? I absolutely agree. Any thoughts about that, Laura? You know, I feel that communication, um, you know, it really varies on, on who you're communicating with. And so uh, through just through my journey, if you're communicating peer-to-peer, it's one thing. If you're communicating peer-to-patient, it's another. If you're communicating peer-to-physician, it's completely different. And there is a hierarchy with a physician and a different level of, of respect, but also the ability to be able to hold a conversation like two professionals. And so, again, we had, I worked on a very busy cardiac unit. We had a few doctors who their egos got in their way. Um, I, I've worked with an orthopedic whose ego got in their way. Um, but they um, unfortunately made life difficult. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, they made it more difficult for themselves in the long run um, mm-hmm. because they didn't get the information that I had to share or they didn't get what knowledge that I had to bring to the table. And so I think modifying that communication um, is important um, based on the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that always going into an environment with honesty, transparency, just being just not having a chip on your shoulder, always going in that you're there, you want to be part of the team, you want to be another pair of hands, and how you're perceived is how people are going to communicate back to you. Exactly. Um, and often we don't get how we are perceived by others. We know the intention we had uh, with whatever we said or did, but we may not catch the uh, cues that say, I didn't quite hit with that person. I want to use this as an opportunity to take a break here, but just based on what the two of you are talking about, I did want to mention that on March 4th, um, 
2019, I will have a doctor, Dr. Paul Shanfield, will be on. He just wrote a book about this concept of, of um, proper, uh, respectful communication between nurses and doctors, you know, um, caregivers and patients, etc. So um, I think he's going to be very, very interesting, too, from the physician's point of view. So we, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I, we're talking today about the communicative nurse, and I'm talking with Kathleen Bartholomew and Laura Hanaski, and we'll be back in just a minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer, once a nurse, always a nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And today's topic is the communicative nurse. We've just been talking to Kathleen Bartholomew and Lori Hanaski, and uh, we've just kind of gotten uh, the basics of both of them and where they're coming from. But I'd like to get into more specifics. So, Kathleen, if you could give us like an example of a very common miscommunication that happens on a nursing unit and where it went wrong and what could be done to get it back on track or prevent it. Sure. I think, think probably one of the most common uh, things that happens on a unit is, is gossip. And uh, what people don't understand is that the reason that people gossip uh, about somebody who's not present, which to me you define it as something you would not say if the person was standing right next to you, um, is 
is it's actually a need to feel closer to the other person. It's not, it's not an attempt to be mean. It's, it's actually a learned behavior. So I, I think that, that you can't have trust as long as you're in an environment where people talk about somebody who isn't there. So what you can do, and because we all, you know, just slip into it, is if you hear somebody talking about somebody who's not present, you can say, you know, sounds like you need to have a conversation with that person, or that's gossip, or please stop, or, you know, anything at all, uh, any anything that lets them know that it's not okay to talk about people who are not present. Like, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. want somebody talking about me when I wasn't here, so perhaps it'd be better if you spoke to them directly. It's a really good thing to say. Mm -hmm. I agree. Laura, anything you want to add to that? No, I I agree. I think that, you know, sometimes less is more. So, you know, walking away from um, when you walk into a a situation where there are people gossiping, to me, it's always best to turn around and walk out because you don't want to be part of that. You don't want to know things that aren't meant for your ears. It's just it's just a bad situation to put yourself in. So um, for me, rather than really making a comment or saying anything, I think the less is more theory is just better to remove yourself from the environment. It's an interesting comment because I kind of, thought that way until I realized that by not saying anything, I'm actually condoning the behavior. Um, Kathleen, do you, do you have a thought about that? Yes, I think that it's baby steps. I think that, you know, the, the very first time, I mean, it's, it's, you can walk away, but there's a saying that says what you permit, you promote. And so I, I think that um, what I always say is yes, um, to build on what Laura said, a culture, a toxic culture can only exist if you have three things, secrecy, secrecy, shame, and a silent witness. So if you take that silent witness out, then, you, you know, you're really trying not to, but, but yet you, you're really preventing that culture from growing. But uh, I, I agree with you that it's really important to say, you know, please stop talking about that person in the nicest, most professional way that you can so that they know that they are because they don't realize they are. I mean, it's, they don't think they're doing anything bad. I mean, and they're not because it's a learned behavior. It's what we learn in middle school. Right. And, I and think at home. I'm sorry. Uh, I think a lot of that home. depends on where you are in the on the in the your situation in the unit. If you are a new person, a traveler coming into that environment, and you know that person is out there, you are not the person that should be stepping up and making those kinds of comments because you're just going to create a whole other snowball of activity that isn't needed. But if you are a manager of the unit, absolutely, it is your place. Or if you're uh, the director of a unit or the even the chargers that day, that you sh- there should be some um, definitely inner interaction as far as the inappropriate behavior. So it depends on the position that you're in in the floor because I feel as though um, people who are new to a unit and uh, we have a, I think we're largely talking about into a group of travel nurses where that's not a comfortable environment to say don't talk about that person um, or to tell anybody on the unit how to behave. It's kind of where they're walking in and kind of feeling out the environment Mm -hmm. as a whole at that point still. I agree, Laura. I I agree, Lori. Um, Just to mention, you know, our our audience is going to be a wide variety of nurses, definitely some travel nurses, um, but also um, just about every 
aspect and layer and level of nurse from CNA to, you know, CNO um, and, and beyond. So we really do have, and then over 60 countries. So lots of different ex- experiential areas. I guess um, one of the things that I discovered, and I don't know that this is universal, but I have a feeling it might be, Along the line of learning about dealing with communications, I learned that Minnesota's number one, uh, 80% of Minnesotans' number one way of dealing with conflict or only way of uh, um, dealing with conflict was um, avoid. And, you know, as I realized my cohorts, uh, all of us were really kind of afraid to speak up. If we didn't have confidence of ourselves or our own situation, it was just so much easier not to stand up. And the other piece of it I didn't know back when I was just opening my mouth and out came whatever venom I had was that everybody wants to be heard and everyone wants to be respected. So it's not so much what you're saying, well, it, it does, uh, what you're saying, but how you're saying it. If you're, like Kathleen was saying, if you're saying it in a way that says, I respect you, and this is not the kind of conversation I would expect you to have, uh, whether you do that in private or you do it you know, in the moment. Kathleen, any thoughts? Am I off base? <laughs> no, no. I I think you're you're really. I think it's important to the level of your comfort level uh, to address what you can. I think what's important at the end of every day is that you go home knowing you stayed in your power and in your integrity. And uh, so, regardless of your of your role, but uh, the self silencing that you just mentioned in that study, I, I too have done a study with thousands of nurses and noticed that 98% of them are not having the conversation. It's not that we're communicating yeah. wrong. We're just not right. having them at all. And that yeah. that takes a lot of courage. So that's why the name of my book is The Dauntless Nurse, because dauntless mm-hmm. means to be brave, valiant, you know, audacious and courageous. And, and that in these situations, it does take a lot of courage because you, you risk being alienated. But in, until we are, I don't think that our patients are safe or our profession will ever reach the level of impact that it can in the United States today or Canada. I agree. And I think how you get to that dauntless stage is practice, 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 practice. And where do nurses get that practice? That is so good. I'm so glad that you brought that point up because I often say that communication models are one of the biggest waste of money across the country. (laughs) And the reason is, is because institutions spend 100% of their budget teaching the model when, in fact, you should spend 25% of your budget teaching it and 75% of them of the time letting nurses practice it. It's not when we role model these conversations, when we see others having these conversations, when we demonstrate them ourselves, that's how Mm -hmm. we rewire our brains to have these conversations because so often these are the conversations that we're like, whoa, wait a minute. And, and you know, we're not thinking straight. So you have to have it as part of your habitual you know, neuro network. Yeah. And I think so often what's coming out of our mouth, we don't notice that it's not probably quite what we wanted to say. I'll give you an example. When I was in nursing school, I had developed this habit of walking up to other um, nurses, student nurses, and saying, um, you look as bad as I feel. And then I'd get this just incredible <laughs> reaction from them. And I was like, what? You know, I'm just trying to empathize with you. Uh, or I'd say, um, do you feel as bad as you look? 
and same you know, kind of thing. And it took me quite a while to figure out, and in fact, probably a good friend who said, you might not want to say that anymore. I don't know if you've had any experiences along that line where you kind of, you know, were able to to learn about yourself and how you uh, communicate and then hopefully be able to model to other people a, a better way of doing it. And laughter always helps. I, um, boy, I... I'm a very open, very open communicator, um, sometimes too bold for my own good and sometimes too forward, but I'm very direct and straight to the point. I don't, I'm not one that tolerates a lot of um, unnecessary communication. When I'm, when I was working the floor um, in a hospital and the load of patients you had, I was all about my patients, my work, and I really didn't talk to people often other than the people directly on my team like my CNA or my staff or my you know whoever whoever was working with my patients that day and it was really strictly about work I I wasn't one that sat and you know I wasn't a water cooler talker type of person Mm -hmm. however Mm -hmm. in uh, Premier Medical we are um, very very different we are very open we are very, very family orientated we have you know issues where we're constantly talking about people and what's going on in their world and you know I I feel that it's important to know those things because what what happens in their world um, makes a difference in what happens in their day when they're here and and I care and and they know that and so our our communication structure is definitely different Um, and even with my field staff we have hundreds of nurses out in the field and um, when I do talk to them on the phone they know they can call they can vent they can complain about something and Mm -hmm. I always tell people call me and vent rather than vent in your facility Um, and then if there's an issue or something that we have to worry about um, we'll 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 tackle it together. We'll figure out who the direct person is to talk to and and how mm-hmm. to handle a situation. But um, I I really um, am more of a um, about keeping it to what the issue at hand is. And mm-hmm. if I'm at work, I'm there for a purpose. I'm there for my patients. I'm not there to be talking and socializing and and doing other things. So um, it's also a really easy way to stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things I'm curious about. So when that nurse calls you, and obviously she's kind of alone in a very big world, uh, so wonderful to be able to call you and, and, you know, bounce it off of you. So then do you do role play with them once you've decided decided who's the person to talk to and what is the real issue do you role play with them uh, then to so they can practice how it feels and what's the you best know, thing in to a say sense we do we sort of go over um, the situation like that happened either like on their shift the day before or whatever triggered them and you know I think something that's really important too is for you know we have nurses that are traveling all over and it's really important for them to be in tune with themselves right. and know what their trigger points are and try to avoid those and learning how to cope with those on their own is just as important as the people at the facility and them sort of throwing daggers at new new people right. you know so it's it's a combination and so it's it's um I find it to be more productive to actually talk to somebody, talk them down, figure out how the situation was handled, if there was a better way to handle the situation, if they if they were paying attention to potentially how that um, how they handled it, how it was perceived on the other end, 
And mm-hmm. if there's um, really something that was a situation or an issue of medical concern in any way, then I, I directly um, get in touch with the person who's in charge. A lot of times, again, these are people who are traveling. They're, they don't necessarily know first or second day in a new environment who they're even supposed to be talking to. Mm-hmm. If they didn't get a great reception, they're not going to make any waves, so I'll do that figuring out and sure. connect the two so that they can have that conversation. Yeah. But, um, Kathleen, I think can I, can I jump you in here and just, um, is there anything in, in what she was saying that you'd like to comment on? Well, I'd like to just build on what Lori said. I, I think that sometimes, uh, Lori, you, you're a natural, you know, and uh, so the, the point that that you've just made is that when you say what you think and and when people know who you are and they know you're going to say what you think you create safety all around you for other people and uh and we it is about knowing ourselves but the, the point is that, that the, one of the reasons that i think that you're such a great communicator is because you have a real clear vision of why you're there and i think if all nurses can keep that in mind then then we know when to speak up and when not and what to say um it's about realizing that we're there for the patients we're there to provide the best medical care that we possibly can and and part of that is, is the optimal healing environment and and safety for the patient so when when we know why we're there and we keep that then then that really gives us a lot of uh, reason to speak up Okay, Uh, we're coming up to a break here, and I'm thinking this might be a good place to break. Uh, When we come back, Kathleen, I'd like you to um, uh, talk a little bit about um, when you're in a toxic situation where um, actually, Laura, you had brought up uh, that you're trying to have a a collegial family-like connection where people can share about themselves and I think I read somewhere in your book on the dauntless nurse Kathleen about where people use that against you you think you're creating a friendship and then that comes back to haunt you so we'll be back in just a couple of minutes this is once a nurse always a nurse exploring the world of nursing I'm Leanne Meyer and I'm talking with Kathleen Bartholomew and Laura Hanatsky about the communicative nurse Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You 
were listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and we're talking today about the communicative nurse. Um, I'm very excited about this. I have Kathleen Bartholomew, who has uh, done a lot of speaking on this subject and has written several books, and also Laura Hanoski, who has her own company on um, uh, travel, helping travel nurses to be able to find their place in the world and uh, helping them to be able to communicate where they are. So uh, I wanted to pick up on the concept of the toxic nurse, where um, Laura had commented uh, that uh, you try to have a collegial um, uh, relationship with the people you're working with, which means sometimes you have conversations about your personal life. And every once in a while, there'll be somebody who will take that information and use it against you or um, in a not very positive way. So Kathleen, would you address that? Sure. I think the best way to address anything is 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 directly. So you would go to that person and say, may I speak to you for a moment in private? And then you tell them that you shared something in confidence. And when it came back to you, it was not even what you had shared. And you wanted to know, you wanted to correct that and, and, and make sure that you uh, were working in an environment where we all had each other's back, and and we could all speak to each other, mm-hmm. and really, you know, not allowing that that gossip to occur. I noticed in your book that you had a way of saying, "Okay, this is what you do," but you might you need to be prepared for whatever that nurse might come back at you with. So, do you want well, to give us like three mm-hmm. possible ways they might respond? <laughs> um, well, they might ignore you. They might turn around and just walk away. They, mm-hmm. And so, you know, what do you do in that case? And you wait because that, they're not receptive. So they're not receptive to having a conversation then. But I think what I'd like to teach is that, you know, there's a lot of people who get their, their feathers up or their back up or however, you, whatever animal stance you'd like to mention. And I try to help, you know, nurses to understand that that person is scared. That mm-hmm. that person is afraid. And that, that is a coping mechanism that they learn to keep people away, and, and really that it's our words that we can use to create safety for another. And that, you know, it's the energy, as, as Lori mentioned before, the energy that you bring into a conversation that will let you know, that lets the other person know it's okay. I, I'm not out to get you. I, I just want to share who I am and what my world is, and I hope that you can too. So one of the scripts that we like to use is when you have a conversation with somebody, we maybe begin by saying, will you stay in conversation with me until we both feel all right? I love that. Because it guarantees safety for the other person as well. So not just like, I want to speak about me, but I want to make sure you're okay too. I want to make sure we're both on the same wavelength. Yeah, I like that. Laura, any thoughts? Oh, boy. I, um, 
I, I don't recall, um, at least on a personal level, um, having a situation where I felt that, that a relationship with a coworker or, or somebody has gone toxic. Um, I do know of situations with peers, but to me, I always felt as though if you're sharing, there's always going to be a toxic person somewhere, no matter where you are. It's like there's, there's always one bad, bad apple, right? And mm-hmm. Whether there's nothing we can do about that, there's there's no way that we can change somebody on how they're wired, how they think, how they treat people. Um, those are the people that really shouldn't be in in the business in our in our world to begin with. But unfortunately, they're there. And you know, if you're if you if you put that faith in somebody that you can tell them something that's secret or confidential, I feel like if you don't know them so well or you put that out there, you're taking a risk. You are putting yourself at risk. And so, it, you know, there's, there's just people who are always going to be that way. And there's, you, can't, you can't change how somebody else views information or what they do with it. And mm-hmm. if you if you try to have a conversation with them and they just did that to you, they're probably not going to have a conversation with you. And odds are they're not going to turn around and have one in a week from now either. They either wanted to get scoop on you and, and do something to be deceitful or be hurtful, and that's the kind of person they are. For me, I would steer far away from that individual. I wouldn't have any other type of communication with that person. I wouldn't wouldn't really want to because I wouldn't want anything to snowball up. The more I act like, you know, you you said something I wish you would have, but you know, my my skin is thicker and it doesn't it doesn't matter if that's the kind of person you are, thank you. Now I know I will never trust you again. Those are the kind of people that in my world I'm like, I understand that's who you are, but I'm not going to have a conversation with you. I will not trust you. I'm I'm going my own way. I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to make a scene. I'm not gonna have you know, have any try to have any resolution with somebody because you're not gonna change how they are yeah. or who they Kathleen, are. Kathleen, can you do you have a thought I, on that? I, I was gonna add something, but go please go ahead first. That's okay. It seems like we have we just have we have different ways, and and uh-huh. that, that illustrates that there's different things with different approaches to situations. But you know, as a as a nursing manager and leader, I found on the unit that my number one goal was to make sure that I didn't have any bad apples, and uh, because there's a lot of research that that says that one bad apple really does spoil trust in the entire team. So I. Uh, I try to be direct and caring and kind all at the same time, and I, I've had many examples of people coming around. I think one of our fears is that we'll escalate the situation, which nobody wants to happen, that we'll make it worse, uh, that mm-hmm. we'll be retaliated against, and lots of times we, we make a decision not to engage, and that's... Um, I think that in, in engaging in situations when we... You know, that, that's a personal decision. Nobody can say, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. It's, it's up to you mm-hmm. and what you value and, and, and your comfort zone and your skill level at communicating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that we need to continue to look at communication as a skill, that we need yes. to measure it, that we need to teach it, and that we need to give nurses an opportunity to practice it because that's where their power is. I absolutely agree with that. I've just been teaching for the last five years uh, an RN refresher course for nurses returning to nursing, and it's only a 10-week course, but two of the weeks I spent uh, talking about dealing with conflict and practicing 
conflict communication. And the second one was on personality, to understand your own personality, but then also understand that others do not look at the world the same way you do. So they may not be trying to make you frustrated, but just, you know, your, your two different ways of looking at the world create a, a, a conflict. One of the things I learned the hard way um, I had mentioned at the beginning of this that I'm an extrovert and tend to just kind of speak out. But sort of to me as an extrovert, if somebody told me something, to me that meant it was open season. I could share that with anybody. And I found out that introverts don't think that way, that their perception is if I told you, I expect you to keep that confidential unless I give you permission to share it with somebody else. And so knowing that made a whole different uh, way for me to be dealing with those kinds of things where I learned that if I knew this person was a very private person, I had to ask that question, are you okay with me sharing? I think this is a learning you know, situation. Are you okay with me sharing that information? And then let them say no or yes, and then uh, abide by that. Any, any other thoughts on that? So I feel if somebody were to tell me something uh, like that, I would never ask them if I could share it because I would never share it. If if somebody is is telling me something uh, that I feel as though it's personal or confidential, they said it to me for my ears. And if they want to share it with somebody else, that's their prerogative. Um, but it's not it's not my story to tell, so it's not. Not for me to to share, so I, I wouldn't ask it because I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. It's just my own like li- guideline to live by. Um, so unless it, it directly involves a patient or something important, uh, obviously that's different. But um, I just I don't I don't go there. I want to um, I try to keep my relationships with people as as open, honest, transparent as possible. Um, people will often come and tell me things. And, again, they're not my stories to share, so it kind of goes in the vault. <laughs> okay. You know, Lori, you, you make a very good point, and that is you, you know. You know, you know, you have no gray zone. You know it's black and white, and, you know, uh, you know what it means to communicate. And I think we, we need to teach that. We need to focus on the professional behaviors and, and know and teach and learn and reinforce what it means to be a professional nurse because it is the most amazing profession. I've, I've had a lot of jobs in many different areas. I've been a teacher, administrative analyst for an aerospace corporation, radio, and, and I've seen a lot of professions. But, boy, I just think that nurses – bring out the best in what it means to be human. I mean, the same hand that, that holds the hand of a dying person is already, you know, ex, is, can titrate a dopamine drip and it's so smart that we use our heart and we use our mind, you know, and, and so in the end, what does it mean to be a professional nurse and a great communicator? I mean, you know, do you create the space where other people can express their thoughts and, and feelings, you know? Do you routinely ask for feedback? And, you know, can you honestly say that anyone on your unit can take care of your loved one? I mean, these are, these, we have to focus on, on, on the positive professional, and I think to elevate this entire profession. Yeah, I, I agree with agree. what you're, you're both saying. One of, I guess, what I was trying to put across, too, was to recognize, uh, and as Laura was saying, you can't change anybody else. You could only change yourself. So beginning to learn 
what are the things that I do that can create conflict, uh, certainly unintentionally, and be able to then work on and change those things myself. So that's that's basically what I was trying to say. Um, another thing, uh, another thing, Leanne, is that you know we don't know when we do things. I mean, I've never met a nurse in my life who who thought to herself, "I think I'm going to roll my eyes now." I think I'm going to sigh now. I, you know, these are learning behaviors in one professional way. Nice tips that I'd like to give the audience is when you see these nonverbal behaviors, simply say, I noticed that. I noticed that you rolled your eyes when I made that suggestion. I noticed that you sighed when you picked up the sheet. And, and give somebody the opportunity to put their nonverbal into verbal. That's mm-hmm. all. You're creating the space for them to use words like we tell children, right? Mm-hmm. But these yeah. are learned behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, too, from the standpoint of, um, did you realize, you know, uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, when we question somebody about what they're doing, they can immediately become defensive. But uh, I have found that if I can say it from the standpoint, are you aware that you rolled your eyes when blank, blank, blank happened? And oftentimes, they're so surprised. I No, I didn't realize I was doing that. Right, and right. Then, you know, might open a conversation, whereas they, you know, might be uh, offended, I guess, sometimes when we, um, you know, depending on how we say it. And, and some of that is knowing that individual and what what works with that person. So we're coming toward the end of our, our conversation here. And I do want to allow both of you some time to to uh, think in terms of what, what if there's only one message you can get out to nurses around the world, what would it be? What is that most important thing that you really want them to hear? Okay, sure. Uh, um, I'd like them to know that their voice is their power, that in the 20 years of traveling around, the, what I've discovered the most about this amazing profession is that nurses aren't stepping up and having the conversations. They're not saying what they see. Uh, and that self-esteem, voice, and power are all the same thing. And as the health of our nation um, decreases, uh, as there is more obesity, diabetes, and, you know, uh, vaping, et cetera, you know, in the world, it, you know, all these big problems, you know, I think start by, by staying in our power in our everyday conversations, you know, creating with the people that you work with, the, a template for really what we can be in the world, having honest, sincere, uh, courageous conversations, and that this is a skill that can be learned. Mm-hmm. Great. Laura? I think if I um, were to give some nurses advice, I would guide them um, where I'd like to see them have unquestionable integrity in everything they do and every aspect of their world at work, outside of work and and have that be a constant behavior if if you are working uh, with patients um, having the utmost integrity and in how you treat them um, with respect and empathy um, I feel as though you're going to be a great nurse um, if you are talking to your peers and you are treating them with integrity you're being transparent and honest you're you you have to earn respect to get respect. And if you're talking to family, the same applies. So I feel as though if it's a, a lesson or a way of life that you practice 24-7, it's going to carry into what you do every day. 
And it's going to make you a better person, and it's going to make the world around you better. Because people will learn to love and respect and trust the person that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both of what you're saying there is really you know, great. I hope that um, this conversation will really inspire nurses if they find that they're having difficulties uh, in the work situation they're in, to not just assume it's the other people that are creating the problem. Um, Again, we can't change anybody else, but if we can change ourselves, you know, perhaps taking a class or doing some kind of work on how, how may I better be able to communicate or maybe even just practicing these skills that we would like to be better at. Um, so that when we're in the situation, it's sort of like we practice codes, we practice fire drills, we practice a thousand things, so that when we're in the situation, we don't have to think it through. We have those tools readily available to us, and we can use them. So, um, and reading reading the Dauntless Nurse, and also there's an app that yes. goes with that, the Dauntless Communication Tool, which you can download, which is free, which has so many of these tips in there, and the Dauntless Nurse is available on Kindle, too, so it's quick read, fast read, uh, really the primer for communication. Kathleen, do you want to just give your website quickly? Sure, KathleenBartholomew.com, and there's lots of resources on, on there. I put everything that I have there for anybody can use anything for whatever they'd like. Okay. Well, thank you very much. This has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. This is Leanne Meyer, and I've been talking with Kathleen Bartholomew and Lori Hanoski about the communicative nurse. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.